Welcome back to Soulback. This is the R&B Podcast. Kyle here with Tom and Ed. What is going on, guys? What's up, players? It's been a minute since I've chatted with my boys. What's going on, guys? Not much. We're killing it with these guests, with these special guests that we have coming in. I think we have another one today. But before we get into all that, and we have a lot of news to talk about, too. Tom, can we shout out a fan today? Who are we, who are we shouting out? Oh, man, your boy, Boom Boom Caesar on Twitter. He was getting involved in all these discussions and dropping some knowledge, so I want to give him a quick shout-out. Can I give one more shout-out? Another shout-out to our boy on Instagram, Ed's boy, Kiramore, I think you pronounce it. Uh, he's been down <laughs> oh, with us for a man. while now. Ed and him got into a little uh, disagreement, but he still knows what he's talking about. So, shout-out to Kiramore. Uh-huh. I had to, at first I was like, who are you talking about? But it's the internet, you know, if you have a disagreement with somebody, you try to crack whack jokes, so yay to your boy. <sighs> Good effort. <Yeah. laughs> Ed, did uh, WrestleMania part. happen already? Did, Re- did WrestleMania happen already? Not yet. Well, by the time this well, probably it- hits the, hits the streets, it probably will have. Oh, okay. Well, that felt like WrestleMania. <laughs> it would be the shortest match ever. Trust me, player. All right, all right. Um, we got some news to talk about here. Um, Tom, you love sneakers, and I'm sure you're going to pass that passion to your son. Uh, I'm happy to announce that Beyonce has partnered up with Adidas for some new sneakers. Will you be purchasing these Beyonce sneakers? Listen, the only pair of sneakers I'm purchasing are my boy John B's Golden Souls. They're actually hopefully in the mail for each of us. We'll see. But no, I don't wear anything <laughs> Beyonce related. I was going to say purchasing means knowing this guy, he's always looking for a free ride. He's probably in the DMs now trying to get a hookup from my man. Oh, John my B. goodness. What's wrong with saving a few bucks, Ed? Well, <laughs> so, uh, listen, you've got a new mouth to feed of everybody you need to be saving up. So, your boy never turns down a free mm-hmm. pair. So, I ain't one to judge. No. <laughs> now, Ed, I'm trying to think here because you're not, a, you're not a fan of the Kanye Yeezy shoes. And he's known as a masterful designer, right? You don't like the Yeezys. First of all, this is what kills me. I just got back from New Orleans a few days ago. Hit up Magazine Street. Got a couple new pairs of J's. I mean, classics look great. Why are y'all trying to bum off these Yeezys that look like the shoes my grandma wears when she's walking around the mall or like out in the yard doing yard work? Like, what is What are you doing? You paying a thousand dollars for gardening shoes? No, they look terrible. Actually, can I co-sign that? Because I I was seeing all these people in New York wearing these ugly sneakers, and I'm like, what are these Walmart specials? Next thing I know, I found out there were the Yeezys. If that didn't have the Yeezy name on it, no one would even buy them. So let's just keep and it real. Play, I think, like, cost as much <laughs> as, like, two pair of J's. I don't understand. At least J's look nice. What are we doing? Well, Ed, if Beyonce's fashion sense is like her acting skills, what can we expect with these sneakers? Oh, my oh, man. <laughs> Play, if they're like that obsessed movie, those things are going to fall off your feet the time you put them on. Jeez. Oh, man. All right, all right. Shout-outs to Beyonce. I hope your shoe does well. Um, Tom, I've got some exciting <laughs> news for you. <laughs> uh, I yes. know you're strictly chicken now, but uh, Burger King has announced a impossible 
vegan burger Whopper. You can have Whoppers again. Listen, man, I've tried the Impossible Burger. It's not bad, except I tried one at, uh, I think it was A&W, your place out there, right, in Canada? Yep. Man, that I, I was my stomach was dying after that. I'm sorry, unfortunately. Oh my god, bad idea. And, I didn't know A and W still existed. I haven't been there since like 2000. Uh, yeah, I mean, based on the food aid, it's probably not going to be around much longer. <laughs> the, oh come that on, burger was probably from 2000. <laughs> come on. Uh, speaking of 2000s, guys, the Millennium Tour is well underway. It's almost near the end of the tour, actually. But uh, each city has seen some surprising guests. Um, in New York, Lloyd brought out Ja Rule and Ashanti. Surprise, surprise. I think a Murder, Inc. reunion tour is happening soon. But um, the last couple of nights in Atlanta, the following people came out. Carrie Hilson, Bone Crusher for some reason. Uh, Fable. Ed, I know you were doing the Laffy Taffy back in 2006. Absolutely uh, not. Sammy. Sammy was there. Tom B five was there as well. I know that got you excited. They brought they brought um, Sammy out. The that's one, our, oh, that's good. They brought out Sammy. They brought out B five. But the one that uh, I think we need to highlight here, Pleasure P brought out Ed's favorite artist, Keith Sweat. Keith went on stage to sing Nobody, and to my surprise, everyone was singing every single word. I thought Keith really? Sweat stayed really? in the nineties, and no one knew what was going on anymore. But Ed, it looks like Keith has some classics under his belt. First of all, this is what happens when you consume A&W every day. Your brain rots. Keith is a legend <laughs> and bigger than all these bums that y'all have brought out in the 2000 tour. So listen and respect legendary status. The man is, listen, I think Pleasure Pete is now my favorite Millennium Singer because he knows. Oh, wow. <laughs> he knows legendary status when he sees it. Oh, my. didn't Bobby V have a song? With Keith Sweat or something? I don't know. man. I don't listen, remember that. Listen, I'll say this. <laughs> Nobody came out before any of these people watching in the audience were even born. So I'm surprised. That was probably they edited the video to seem like people were singing. They were probably want to get a hot dog or something at that point. Ed, oh. oh my gosh. Do you know how many times that Twisted and Nobody and all of this stuff has been at your little junior proms? Let's say they know legendary status when they see it, dog. <laughs> they well, were celebrating the fact that Pleasure Pre brought his <laughs> uncle out on stage. Well, I'll take Keith over well, Spectacular. I'll do that. <laughs> oh, spectac- Spectacular is out here making millions, Ed. Uh, the IRS is looking for Keith, so I would I'd be careful. Oh, man. Keith has... He's taking care of his debts. Don't worry about what his tax dollars look like. We're looking at hits. We're not looking at W-2s and 401ks. You can tell he's right, uh, right. taking care of his debts, because <laughs> how else could he afford that leather jacket with the poofy fur on the on the neck? Man, I would rock right. that. You guys, <laughs> oh, no, I would rock that today. I would walk right in Walgreens right now after this recording with that poofy jacket on. Walgreens? That's where you're That's where you're going to stunt at in a, in a pharmacy? When you stunt, you can't turn it off. Pick up my <laughs> prescriptions and turn hands with those old ladies. <laughs> all right, all right. I'll tell you what, guys. I'm gonna start talking about some new music really quickly. Tom, can you go on Celebrity Net Worth and see how much Keith is is worth right now? And uh, I don't keep it moving. I don't do gossip. Let's keep it moving. Wrong oh, okay. side. If you want, um, I just want to highlight. 
Um, I just want to highlight a couple of records here. Uh, Tom is going nuts over this Snow Allegra song. Can you talk to me about this song? Yeah, check it out. It's real soul music. Something you probably haven't heard in a while, so check that one out on the site. I'm actually yeah, shocked that, then, well, no, I'm not shocked that Tom likes it, but it's certainly not Kyle's style. I'm a real fan of that song and a fan of her. She, if you haven't heard her, she's kind of got the Sade vibe to her. Really, really an artist is really kind of elevating soul right now. So if you've been asleep, please check her out. And then I listened to the new Jordan Sparks and Elijah Blake 1990s Forever EP. It has one really good song on there, which is the the first song on the EP. So check that out. I haven't really digested it all the way yet. Um, Lipstick Gypsy, you guys both like that one, right? Loved it. Loved it. It's an um, EP that's basically only got like three songs and a remix of the same three songs. But when those three songs are that hot and the remixes are that good... I'm all over it. Shout out to my guys, Lipstick Gypsy. They should always show love on Twitter and support good music. I can't wait for a fuller length project to drop. They are on fire right now. Nice. And then uh, Lion Babe as well came out. And you guys both love Lion Babe. So shout out to Lion Babe, right, Tom? It's interesting. They have a real movement going. They got a tour coming up. It's like kind of under the radar to me, but they have a real fan base. It's kind of one of those organic things, I feel like, and they got some fans, and they're making some quality music. It's not really my thing. It's more dancey, electronic, but it still is rooted in R&B, Ed, right? Very much so, and one of those mega fans is my wife. She is obsessed with, oh, if not Lipstick Jits, but she likes those too, but she's um, obsessed with Lion Bay. Big fan of the new album. I'm a big fan of the new album. I might like it better than the previous album. It does have electronic aspects in it but it's not so much don't get run off when we say electronic we're not talking edm we're not talking usher omg we'll get on him later on <laughs> but it's kind of a meld of badu meets electronic meets soul is it they're in their own lane and right now they're killing them so there you have it um sierra dropped a new song thinking about you and uh she announced her new album coming out next month beauty marks i got a question for you guys so uh sierra has been releasing singles for the last couple of months now tracklist came out and four or five of those songs have already come out and it's a 11 song project does that bother you it doesn't and maybe maybe as a reviewer i'm it's kind of almost like lazy because i'm like okay i already have an idea of what a project is going into it so i don't have to feel like i'm overwhelmed by 37 new songs when we've already had a taste of half the album i don't really mind that but to be fair unless those other songs we haven't heard are blockbusters i don't know about this beauty mark album i'm not moved by any of these singles you know, I have a differing opinion, and I think it's interesting. We're in an interesting time because I don't even feel like albums really matter anymore. So it's almost like a playlist to me because you're not going to buy it and hear it for the first time anymore. People stream everything. It's like you're going to pick up a CD you haven't heard except for one single. So it's almost like a a playlist she's adding songs to. That's the way I look at it. And albums, I don't even know if are even the right way to go anymore, which we've talked about. So I'm not really mad at it. To me, it just it's just a sign of the times. Yeah, 
the thing that I am that I am kind of confused about right now, each single that she's put out has had a different sound. Like this new single is super poppy, so I'm not sure what the direction of this album is, or if there even is a direction. Tom, you might be right. It might right. just be a playlist because I'm telling well, you that Chris Brown 45 song album that was a playlist, and uh, I listened to the whole thing through, but I don't think I remember at least like 50 percent of it, just because exactly. it was so much music. I mean, to Tom's point. The art of the album seems to be going out of the door, and even though I complain about it a lot, and it's reflected in my reviews, because almost every review that I do, I dock points because it's not cohesive. It's just a bunch of random songs. Fans don't seem to care, so maybe this is something we're moving away from, but as a stalwart, as a person who loves and admires albums as cohesive works of art, and we still get those. We got those with Bruno and Janelle Monet and others. That's what I'm gonna always be the measuring stick for. So good luck, but don't you get mad, Sierra fans. When I go in on that album, you know what I would like to see. The next evolution of this would be an artist having an evolving album. And when I say that, I mean they start as a playlist and add one song like each week, so it brings you back every single week, and then it, it turns into a finished project after say ten weeks. You know, it's like it bring it keeps you coming back to hear the new song, and then you get a finished product after ten weeks. No one's really done something like that that I'm aware of. Well, we've had versions of that. Um, Mila J was kind of doing something similar. I think it was last year where she was like every couple weeks would drop a new song, and then at the end of the year it was supposed to be one complete project. I think that was stretched out way too long because people eventually get tired of it. And then on the other hand, you had Kanye a few years ago. I think it was that Pablo album where he released it and then kept adding songs to it and tweaking songs on it. I didn't really like that because it felt like the original project was a rough draft. And it's like, dude, when is it done? You keep going back and forth on it. But I see your point, and I think that it could work if it was kind of a concerted, promoted effort and in a right. tight time frame, not just, I'm going to drop a song every day all year. Like, that's stupid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Mariah Carey has been dropping a remix once every week. <laughs> Last week, um, she dropped a remix with uh, Ed. Who was it? Stefan Don? Yeah, Steph. Steph. Steph's pretty good. I know. Shout out to my man Dan, who was giving us grief, grief for not showing love to his girl. We know Steph, but it really wasn't what we were expecting from fans of that beat. Shout out to Dan well, Bamber. He's, Tom, a, he's a big supporter of us. And shout yeah, out well, to Mariah Carey for yep. bringing back the rapper Shanta. Man, we remember her from the Timbaland days. It was great that to see her back. That is not Shanta. <laughs> no? Who is it? No, it's not Shanta. It's someone Who is else. It? <laughs> it's someone else. <laughs> okay. Sh- we Shanta don't know who it is. is. On- Shanta, no. Shanta is actually on Twitter. Shout out to Shanta. She pops up every once in a while to say hi. But... This is not Shanta. I forget the young lady's name, but it's not freaking Shanta. Oh. Not the woman right. from I'm... Love to Love You. Damn. Damn. Uh, it's actually uh, Shawnee. Not Ashanti, yes. but Shawnee. Who is Shawnee? How did, Ashanti... How did you get Ashanti out of that? Oh my gosh, get your brain right. I was not <laughs> familiar with her before now, so I can't even speak on that. I'm sure one of our listeners will tell us about how she has 94 mixtapes, but I had never heard of her. 
And Mariah continues to deny us of the remix that we're all looking for. Cardi B, Little Kim, and Missy Elliott. Listen, Ed. Someone must be uh, stopping this remix from happening. Maybe it's Cardi because she's on tour. If that's the case, we can move on without Cardi, can't we? Why do we need Cardi on it? I can understand Missy. I can understand Kim. Why is everybody keep trying to throw Cardi on it? What does she have to do with this? <laughs> all right, all right. Um, Tom, I've got some exciting news for you. Uh, Music Soulchild is on another collaboration now with the legendary Diane Warwick. Yes, yeah, that was pretty uh, interesting to see that collaboration. I wonder how that one came together. I didn't check it out yet. I don't know if you've heard of Ed, but he's everywhere this year. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, he's been popping up on a bunch of albums. I think he even showed up on my man, my uh, my dolls, the Coco Brothers, Smith and Wessons. He's on their new album. Your man, music is everywhere. And not to mention Little Kim's new album that's coming too. So, shout out to music. He's working. And hopefully we'll yeah. get him on this podcast sooner or later. Uh, some more news for everyone here. Carrie Hilson announced that she will be coming back this summer with new music. Her last album came out in ooh, 2010, 2011. It's been years since a new Carrie Hilson project. Um, Ed, do people still care? And I don't, oh I don't mean that in a shady way, but it's been so long. It's been a long time, and there's been a lot of, you know, internet talk and rumors about the so-called beehive, so-called tanking her so-called career. I don't know if there's a lot of truth to that or if there is a glimmers of truth to it, but I've always thought that Carrie was very talented and just, and she's given us some good singles, no question, and some solid albums. I think there's still a lot left for her, and there's still definitely room for her in the industry right now, so I'm glad to see her back. Beehive people, go sit in the corner. <laughs> Shout outs to Carrie. Uh, Alright, time for the most exciting news, guys. Tom, I want your initial reaction when you found out Usher and Jermaine Dupri announced they would be working on Confessions 2, the follow-up to the diamond-selling masterpiece known as Confessions. At first, I was skeptical. Then when I saw them hat using the hashtag, they were in the studio multiple days, because we've seen it before. Then there were samples being put out of what they were making. I'm like, all right. Because we always talked about We knew Usher is capable of putting out another quality project, and this could be it. What do you think, Ed? Mm, here comes your boy being all skeptical. But we have a right to be skeptical because we've heard this song and dance before. Now, listen, I have talked years now about how I don't really want a Confessions to because I feel like it sets the bar unreasonably high. Confessions is probably, in the past 15, 20 years, probably the biggest R&B album ever. To match that out of the gate by saying this is part two, that's a very high bar to kind of reach and kind of set yourself back. But from what we've heard, the, sn the snippets of what we've heard have sounded pretty good. I'll give it that. He's got people on his team that we've got JD. He's got the original team together. If any way they can recreate that sound, this is it. However, I'm not getting my hopes up until I start hearing full-fledged singles. Because if he starts dropping songs and everything's featuring Future and Lil Baby and Lil Nas X and whatever whackness y'all are forcing down my throat, it's going to kind of hinder the project. We shall see. I'm open, but I'm still skeptical. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the crazy thing is, and I'm a little skeptical too. I've heard the snippets and they sound great, but... What if 
Usher drops these singles and they don't do well. Is it going to be another case of Good Kisser where that didn't do too well? He scrapped that whole project and came out with Ed's favorite album, Hard to Love. Is it going to be like that again? Or is he confidently going to put this out knowing that it might not do well? I don't know. I hope Usher sticks with the plan. Um, But in terms of the sound and the quality, I mean, Jagged Edge put out a solid sequel with J.E. Heartbreak 2 a couple of years ago with the same people on board, Jermaine Dupri and B. Cox. So it's possible for uh, Usher to recreate that magic, but he just has to stick with it. He has to stick with the formula and be confident in what he's doing. And over the last decade, he hasn't really done that. I definitely agree. And I think that even though I've, for every J.E. Heartbreak 2, we get a sex, love, and pain 2 that just does not live up to expectations. So can it work? Yeah. Do I hope it works? Definitely. We need it. But remains to be seen, player. <laughs> yep. Tom, Sex, Love, and Pain 2, didn't it have a great intro on it? It did. SLP 2 was the title track. Man, love that song. Unfortunately, the rest of the album didn't sound like it, but that's another story for another day, guys. Ouch. <laughs> But yeah, shout out to Usher. Hopefully we'll have him, Jermaine Dupri, and B-Cox on the podcast one day. I'm speaking it into existence, guys. Uh, but well, we've had we, B-Cox uh, before. I, wanna do some- I don't see why not. Yep. And we've had JD, so we just got to somehow yes. bring Usher on board. Uh, I want to get into a little debate here. Tom posted it on our Instagram page, and this was uh, this was quite the, uh, the head-scratcher. It took me a minute to really decide on this one. And shout out to Tom. He's been very active on our social media post, posing... Hard questions to the readers, but this one in particular kind of stumped me a little bit. Um, if you guys were to choose between these four albums, which ones are you rocking with? We've got mm-hmm. um, Faith Evans' debut, Deborah Cox's second album, Tamia's debut, and Kelly Price's debut. How come, uh, Tom, how come we had to choose Faith Evans' debut and not her second one? I mean, some would say her debut is better than her second one, including me. Oh, including I don't know about everybody. you, Ed. Okay. <laughs> yes. I mean, no, no shade to the second album, but no. Like, the debut is superior. The third album is superior. But I'll talk about that another time. Now, the Deborah Cox right. one, was that, a, was that a debate for you, Ed, the very first or second? Um, I think that the her debut album is her best album, and really, had, okay, yes. So, and again, I love. I think the second album is her most like known album because it has the biggest singles. But to me, I think the first album is the better album. I think Faith is in the same boat. Her second has the bigger singles that are still most played today, mm-hmm. but the first, most would say, would probably be stronger. I mean, uh, so my pick, the, the uh, debut, hey, Tom, hmm? the debut didn't have a sad song like Lately I. That song brings tears to everyone's eyes when that song comes on. Listen, dude, have you heard Soon As I Get Home? That's probably the, possibly, arguably, the greatest R&B song by a female from the 90s. It's up there. Yeah, 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 I, I can agree with that. But anyways, Why we need sad uh, what do songs? you guys think? Who needs, we don't need sad songs. <laughs> it's true, we don't need sad songs. We're, we're happy people now. Shouts to R. Kelly. Yep. No! <laughs> no! No! Uh, let me start right. with my pick. I, I can't break it down to a science. I'm just, it's just my favorite. And that would, that would be 
Tamiya's debut, and it's just my personal pick. I just like it the most out of all of them. I still play it. I like all of them. I play them all, but that's, for me, the one. Ed? Ed? Well, this was... This, I love this topic, because this is so good. And I, as I said on the post, Tamiya's album debut, five stars. Faith's debut, five stars. Kelly's debut, five stars. Wow. Deborah's four, but, and again, that's no shot to that album. I don't think it's a bad album at all, but I think amongst those three, that's that one can easily get knocked out of contention. So we're talking about those three. Really, you can make a strong argument for any of those three. If anybody picked any of those three, I would be like, okay, I feel you. My personal pick, and there's some bias that comes here, I have to go with Kelly. My favorite R&B album, my favorite oh. album, period, of all time, is Kelly's debut. So I have wow. to go with that. Really? Although, yes. Although, it's very, 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 very close with Face debut. Like, those are, to me, the two here that we kind of have to go back and forth on. But... I have to like lean slightly closer to Kelly. I feel like hers is just slightly more consistent. Maybe one of the most consistent albums I have ever heard. And that's why I like it so much. So Kelly's wow. my pick. So Ooh, man, so Kyle, that's a tough one. You, and Kyle, you chose a, uh, an album that's not even on here. Faith's second album. <laughs> what did I That's Kyle. <laughs> well, that's our Kyle. Well, if we were, yeah, yes, but uh I'm I'm kind of stuck between Tamiya and Kelly's as well because Tamiya's album has a lot of great songs on it. Kelly Price's whole album, it's so cohesive. Uh, see, I was going to initially go with Tamiya, but I don't like the song Is That You with Jermaine Dupri. I don't think that's a good song. Really? So wow. We're gonna have to, so we're going to have to go with the Kelly Price album. I'm actually shocked you don't like that song. It's a goofy kind of song that I thought you would enjoy. Can I can I put you no, guys on the spot real I'm quick? More about- hot, hot, hot take, no explanation needed. But what yeah, is to me okay. his second best album? I think uh, I because I go ahead, Kyle. Before I jump in, I would say it's probably between friends, but Love Life is very close, trailing hmm. behind. Can't argue I- with it. Yeah, I, it's interesting. I never thought about it, but it's—I don't think it's a clear answer. But I mean, usually people say, "Oh, their second album is their best," but I don't think that's the case well, this time. Not necessarily. If you, um, I think it was last summer. If you go check out soulandstereo.com, I ranked all of her albums ahead of the new, the newest album, "Passion Like Fire," dropping. So that one wasn't in the rankings. To me, and it might be a little controversial. Her second. Best album to me is Love Life, which is the album that dropped right before Passion Like Fire. I thought that album yeah. was absolutely underrated. Yeah, I agree. Where did where where did you have her sophomore album? Out of curiosity, um, probably around the middle of the pack. I don't have a post up. All right, no um, you're problem. talking about New Day, right? Yeah, yeah, that one was. And the, to me, is another one of those artists, and I remember when I was doing that list and the Babyface list, that it was so hard to rank because they're all on the same level. So you can kind of go back and forth between that, between Friends, more. They're all pretty much on that level. I think her newest one is probably 
her quote unquote worst. Again, it's a mm. great album, but it's just not as memorable. But I think New I, is probably. Oh, hold on. I wouldn't call it a great album, Ed. I was going through our Instagram post the other day, and there's two reoccurring albums that people did not like. Number one was Jagged Edge's Layover, which is expected. But number two, a lot of people didn't like this Passion Like Fire album. Tom? I was surprised to see those comments. I didn't think this album was too far off of what she's done. I thought she gracefully evolved her music, in fact. So I was a little bit surprised. I don't know what people were expecting. Yeah, I don't... I don't either. I think it's a pretty fine album and one of the better R&B releases last year. Now, Marsha's album, I could understand why people were a little disappointed in that one, but I don't... No, I don't see what the beef is. It does lack a signature song other than the single, so I could see that, but I don't know. I think they hmm. sleeping on that one, player. <laughs> I still listen to it. All right, all right. Uh, so, guys, we have a special guest rolling through now. So, grab your soda, grab your popcorn, and be educated. All right, guys, like I said, every week we try to bring in a special guest. And, man, we have another special guest today. Tom, who, who do we have? I'm excited to introduce uh, our special guest today. He's a friend of mine and a true legend in music, uh, KG from Nelly by Nature, producer. Um, you know, has done amazing things outside of the group with, with his label, Divine Mill, you know, originally discovering Next, Jaheem, Jane, Coffee Brown, so on and so forth. Man, just so excited to be able to speak to him today. So welcome, KG, to the podcast. Thank you, man. Thanks, guys. What's going on, Tom, man? What's going Glad on? Glad to be here, man. Glad to be cool. here, man. Glad to talk to you guys. You know, anytime, man. Love to do this. So, great. Absolutely. For sure. For sure. So, KG, in the spirit of WrestleMania coming up, uh, we were doing a little bit of Googling, and I don't think any of us ever realized that Naughty by Nature did the theme song for Shane McMahon, Here Comes the Money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what was funny about that, though? I Actually, when they did that, that was the time that I took my little sabbatical and I had left the group. So, oh, that was the, yeah, that's when they did that. That was during my time when I was focusing on Divine Mill and really trying to get that off the ground. And we had our friction amongst each other within Naughty by Nature. I left the group and I started Divine Mill. And that, during that time, the guys did a deal over at TVT. And that's when they did the um, 3LW record. And they also did the um, the Shane McMahon with the um, the wrestling thing, too, as well, at that, during that time. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> I was about to ask. What's the money like over at the WWE? Because over in R&B, we're not making a lot of money over here. <laughs> man, right, right. I would imagine it's, it's pretty good over there, though, man. I would imagine it is in WWE. I would imagine it is. <laughs> cool. So, so KG, let me let me start out with asking you this question. Because we recently uh, asked the readers, who's an R&B artist or a group you've been looking for, want to know what they're up to? And believe it or not, you know, a lot of people have still ask about Coffee Brown, your, your original right. group. And, I know you've shared the story with us a bit about how they broke up and what happened with their release, but can you fill us in on, reshare that story of, of what happened with them and, and if you know what they're up to today? Well, I definitely know what, you know, I kind of, put it like this, I kind of sort of know what they're up to. I've talked to V here and there, and I just, actually, I just saw her on vacation on her Instagram. So, mm. you know, I see her, she's still out there, she's still doing her thing, and actually I've seen her not too long ago, and she talked about 
potentially doing something. Actually, actually with her and Jaheem, she wanted to do something. And somebody just inboxed me the other day, said, hey, what happened to the V and Jaheem collaboration? You know, the guys wow. talked about it a while ago, and you never made it happen. But I haven't talked to Fonz in a minute. I haven't seen mm-hmm. him or talked to him in a minute. But back, okay. you know, to answer your question about the project, I mean, that's, that was just one of the ones that really, really, I, I'm, I'm, I'm still salty about to this day because I feel like, to be honest, and I'm not just saying because it's my work, but I felt like it was a great project that I, I put together and it didn't get the opportunity to really, really get a chance to get out there and, and touch the people the way that not only I felt, but they felt, and I feel like just, you know, the genre R&B deserved for it to get its chance, you know. And part of it was self-inflicted as well because the group didn't really get along. The two didn't get along even before it came out. And I think, mm. to be honest, I think that um, Alistair kind of, you know, sensed that and they felt that and they knew that, it probably wasn't going to go too far. So they felt like, you know what, we're not going to go too far with it or jump out the window with this for it to when it's already imploding already internally. So why should we jump in and make it happen any faster? So it was just yeah. kind of, I'm just kind of salty about that. Right. All right. Mm. Ed, you love Coffee Brown, don't you? What do you remember? What's your fondest memory of Coffee Brown? Man, when you talk about Coffee Brown, the thing that really just resonates to this day, we always call it, me and my crew call it, like, the adult party. Like, you had your songs when we were younger that you go on to get the party turned, but then we were, like, when we grow up and we get our houses and we had a little house parties with the, um, you dim the lights a little bit and you have some of that, that mood music, that's when you break out the Coffee Brown. And it's been crazy mm-hmm. that it's been so many years and in, and especially after party continues to resonate as a single and as a song and people just love it so much. Kay, in your opinion, why do you think that has resonated just so long? And even though we haven't heard from them as a collective in man decades now, their music is still so strong. Well, I mean that just that just lets you know that great music is timeless. And I even approach that even now making songs because I have a lot of demos and different songs that I have in a stash that I worked on years ago. And I just don't give up on them because great music is timeless. Like you just said, like people still love that. It's the same thing like anybody would love a Luther Vandross to this day. I don't care what, like you said, those adult parties are in there. Probably throwing never too much in that party and it's going to rock. You know, there's, mm. there's this classic records, especially when it's still good. And it's still good records, those grooves. And that's what that's one of the things that always attracted me to even my production style and even to those records and to what I tried to incorporate into the records I made, which I think that people that resonate with people as well is those grooves. When you get those nice groove feeling bass lines and something that just when you can just rock a drum beat and a bass line just moving and you don't even everything else is gravy after that. And I think those kind of records when you're able to attack it and you're able to hit it hit it off from the door with that kind of feeling from the door, everything else is great. And a great song on top of that really, really make, you know, makes it timeless. So I think all those elements are within that record of After Party, as well as all of the other classic records that we love today. Mm-hmm. Now, KG, I just want to put this out there, man. You're such a humble dude and you know, we'll always be your champion to help share your accomplishments. But I just got to say, man, what you did with Divine Mill was such a huge achievement. It's not like you just discovered one artist and it had success or two. 
you had multiple artists who you had success with, and that's that sort of thing is is unprecedented for one person to be behind, and we just admire that so much. What I want to ask you, though, yeah, absolutely. And first, we'll have you chime in, then each of us will chime in right after. But is there an artist who you you wish you would have signed, you just missed on signing that you you think you could have had success with? And then after that, we're gonna we're gonna pick out an artist we think we wish you you know you you could sign or work with. Um. Hmm. I know, you know, especially being from Jersey, you know, whenever I miss anything that comes out of Jersey, I'm a little bit pissed. I was kind of pissed that SZA, I miss SZA. I'm like, how did I miss that? Mm. You know, that's yeah. one of, you know, one of the newer things. Uh, outside of that, hmm. Nobody else, to be honest. But SZA okay. was is definitely one of the ones that came up to me, and I was just like, "How did I?" And, he, and actually, another guy, one of my um producer friends, said the exact same thing. He's from Jersey as well, and he and me and him were sitting down. We were just talking, and it's talking about the industry as a whole. And we both said, and he looked at me and said, "Yo, okay, how how did we? How did both of us miss SZA?" I said, "I don't know, yeah. man." <laughs> I said, "I don't know." Yeah. Yep. Um, when she first came out, I thought that to myself. I was like, "Wow, she's from Jersey. How did I miss that?" Yeah. And 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 and, and the thing is, and the crazy thing is, not only did I miss it, it never even came across my plate. Right. It's right. one thing to come across your plate, like, like before Fetty Wap broke and came out, I I actually ran across Fetty Wap. Oh. Okay. You know, you see, yeah, you see things and you see stuff in your circle, especially coming, you know, when they come from around from your town. So I actually came across Freddie Watch, and I missed that. But the thing about Scissors, like I said, I've never even had an opportunity or even yeah. came across Scissors. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. I, I'm going to – guys, you you want to chime in? Yeah, Go ahead, I've Tom. got one, but um, you can start it off, Tom. Just don't steal mine. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to be a lame and, and take the easy way out on this one. But man, I would just love to see KG working with Next again on their new album. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know what? That that is that that's gonna actually that's gonna happen. I was actually talking to the the funny thing about this thing or what you're saying is that me and Jaheem were sitting down last night. Wow. Wow. Yeah, and then yep, me and Jaheem last night for the first time in a while talking about like we've sat down before just as friends. Like, we've always remained friends, always remained friends, but just never, you know, really worked with each other for the last couple mm. of years. But last night, I think we may have turned the corner. Mm. Wow. And I think That's it's amazing. actually coming. Yeah, I think it's actually coming. Me and him sat down last night. I, I told him from the outside what I saw with him. He's frustrated right now in the scenario and whatever's going on. He was working with some different people. He don't like his scenario. And he's just like, yeah, okay, I think it's time. And I said, I think so too, Josh. You know, oh, so man. we were talking about it, like strongly talking about it last night. We're gonna, we're gonna get, we're gonna continue talking like about this more next week to move even further towards making it official. And one of the things that I brought up to him was that next, I said, and if this thing works, I said I'm gonna reach out to next, and we're gonna pull them as well. Wow. That's dope. Man. So yeah, definitely. I love that. Yep. And next has always been cool. Same thing. I've I've remained cool with them. 
with all of my people from, you know, Jeanne, from Jean, you know, doing her own thing over there with um, the Bella Project from Jeanne, and then also with Renee doing her thing. So I've, mm-hmm. I've, ma- I've, I've maintained contact, even the other, even Yummy and um, Shaquana, even with the rain that never came mm-hmm. off. Yummy put a, a, a post up the other day, and she was talking about the rain. And a lot of people, some people are really familiar with the rain, but a lot of people are not. But that's one of the projects that was a really good project that never got to see the light of the day. And those right. girls were really talented, really talented. Absolutely. We've heard some of yep. those songs. Yep. Really talented. But, you know, I'm definitely working towards not letting anything slip out of my way. That's why I found <laughs> Leah Janae. I got Leah right. Janae. She's right in my backyard, and I got her because I wasn't letting that get away. And there's some right. more. Uh, there's some more that's coming up that I'm just, you know, I'm not letting it get away. And uh, I just feel like at this point now, R&B is, is making its strides and it's making its way back. It's fighting, but mm. it, 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 but it's coming, it's coming back slowly but surely. And and I'm going to put my foot down and be a part of, of, of making it come back strong. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Kyle, did you have Ed. someone you wanted to chime in on or Ed? Uh, well, yeah, Ed, go first. Um, I am going to pick somebody that's kind of out of left field, but I feel like when I feel like the sounds that KG kind of pioneered and kind of going into, he mentioned John A and it's kind of always reminded me of an updated John A sound with that flavor unit sound. I would love to see my boy working with my girl, Tedra Moses. I feel like Ooh. it might be some chemistry there. Wow. That's a good one. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm open to it. I'm open to it. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. familiar with Tedra Moses, yep. Yeah. Yep, I'm open to that. You know what's funny? I was actually, I thought the same person, because um, I was trying to think, what would be a good fit for, you know, KG's production, but it's so versatile. Like, you've done so much, so many different type of records. Like, we were just listening to, to the Jaheem debut album a couple of days ago. Remarkable? Dude, that song is amazing. Yeah. Remarkable, dope. That's um, that's actually that's RL. What? That's RL. RL wrote that. Yep. Oh. Yep. RL wrote Remarkable. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, we have a lot of records. Yeah, that's a that's a that's that. Like the chemistry, definitely. My my chemistry of working with RL is really really good. So I I definitely know that it's overdue for me to get back with next and work with RL and them. You know, because we've, we've done some really, really good records together. Yeah. I can tell you one that I wouldn't mind working with. I mean, I've talked to him a couple of times, too, and i got to actually just make it happen with him, Raheem Devon. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. That's another one I could see. Yeah, Raheem Devon. Me and Raheem Devon have always run across each other and always talked about doing stuff together. And I'm definitely, you know, I look forward to doing it, and I want to make that happen. I definitely want to work with Ryan DeVore. Oh. Yep. So, KG, I do got to ask you, because you mentioned earlier you're going to be reuniting uh, with Jaheem. You guys are going to work on work on stuff together. Just as a creative, when you bring these artists in and you do great work with them and then they go and venture out, is it hard to not take it personal when they decide to venture out and do their own thing? No, no. And that's the same thing I was telling Jaheem last night. I told him, I said, Ja, you may believe me or you may not. I said, but I'm not mad at you for stretching out or branching out, man, because I do understand, you know, eventually and at some point 
every artist is going to want to do that, and everybody deserves that. So, no, I really, I mean, it may sound funny or may, you know, some people may believe me, but I'm, I'm, I've never been mad about that, especially as long as it's done within, you know, the right timing and in the right way. Now, when other people or other, individual, under, other individuals jump in between and try to do it for their sake, then it's a problem, you know. Mm-hmm. But when the artist feels like they're just trying to spread their wings, they're trying to grow and expand, I have no problem with that. Right. Let, let me ask you this, Jaheem. I mean, I'm sorry, KG, I'm thinking Jaheem here. Um, you know, we always talk about how the label – uh, forces producers and, and artists to be more commercial with their music and mm-hmm. try to, you know, make a pop hit or whatever. Was there ever a time in any of your um, label agreements where that was the case, where you were kind of forced out of your comfort zone with one of your artists to do that? Um, not really. No, not really. I think the only, the only pressure that I felt ever that, kind of tilted that way was probably with next with um with Clive mm. you know mm. because Clive you know Clive expects a certain let me see criteria or a certain level of stuff to be done and then especially once we came out and too close blew up you know he kind of had a different look or outlook or 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 approach or I would say feeling towards the group of how he thought the group can be marketed so, and it wasn't fully, and then when I say this, I don't say it in a bad way. It's just that his ex- expectations kind of, like, went up a notch of what he expected right. the group to do. So, I would probably say out of everybody, that was probably the only time slightly. Slightly. Mm. Gotcha. Mm. But well, everybody Ed, else, it just felt, I, it, it always felt, you know, I've always felt free and just freely made records. You know, and a lot of people even... To even go back to even Naughty, a lot of people even looked at us as Naughty by Nature and said, oh, they make commercial records. They just try to make pop records. And it's just like, that's so far from the truth even with us. I mean, it's like, like we we started off doing talent shows, man, coming out of East Orange, New Jersey. It's our interpretation of hip-hop. And when we started off, we did talent shows. And in order for we in order for us to win the talent shows, we had to win the crowd over. So we all we did all this crowd participation stuff and did different things to play with the crowd, which won the crowd over, which in turn allowed us to win. So we just carried that over to our record making process. And that's always how it's always been with my approach. It's always been bright, it's always been fun. I've always liked party records. I, didn't, mm. I wasn't really too much into the dark, dark side of stuff. Like when, with the dark, dark music, it was always the bright stuff, the bright chords, the, all of the bright stuff to me that felt good, that made you smile. So I just took that part of it and just applied it to all the music that I made, always across the board. So a lot of people may interpret that as trying to make pop music, but it's not. I mean, people need to really realize that pop music is only short for popular. <laughs> and only right. so-called become, becomes pop music because it becomes popular. That's a great point. Right. Yeah. Ed, you know, it, it would make sense that Clive would have wanted to push next to more of that poppy sound. Because, Ed, remember how big Too Close was back in 97, right. 98? Man, yeah. I have talked about this on Soul and Stereo. I've talked about this everywhere. Um, KG, I'm from VA, so 98, okay. I am just in college. 
I promise you, you would because this is back when we had multiple hip hop and R and B stations. You would flip between stations. All four of them would be playing too close at the same time. That song is inescapable. You could not get by that song. And I like that you mentioned um, Naughty. I'm a huge Naughty fan, and how the perception of pop is kind of you know it kind of permeates because we remember Feel Me Flow, OPP, stuff like that. But it's just a sound that resonated. So I wanted to know from your opinion, as hip-hop has now become the dominant music genre right now, and R&B yeah. is kind of taking a back seat. Back in the day, it was flip. R&B was yeah. kind of doing the thing. Hip-hop was kind of on the way up. From your perspective in the early 90s, how did you all look at that being kind of like the number two as R&B was mid-90s taken over, and then we saw that shift over. From your perspective, how did that shift happen, and how was it being in the trenches was that when that was going down? Um, I did, Actually, you know, being a part of it, I didn't even really take it, I mean, pay attention to it, to that even shift that, that was even going on. You know, it almost feels like that. We just woke up one day and R&B just almost just disappeared, honestly, you know, mm. because – Hip hop, hip hop has always been around, but like you said, it just it was it was coming up, and then once it exploded, it did explode. It exploded out out, out of nowhere. So, just being a part of it, sometimes you can be oblivious to being a part of it because you don't realize when you're in that bubble, like really what's going on and what's going on with with the music or what's going on around you sometimes. So. Just being on tour and just being a part of it, I, to be honest, I didn't even, I wasn't even paying attention to this whole thing until I t- had a time, had time to sit down and really realize and look at it. Because my love for, for music as a whole started primarily with R&B. Not even primarily, it started with R&B, period. What made me want to do music is was hip-hop. You know, once I saw the movie Wild Style, I said I want to be a DJ. But my love for music as a whole always began and started with R&B. And that's, mm. why, it, and that's why my first group that I came out with was R&B. And that was John A. My first production outside of Naughty by Nature was R&B. You know, because that's where my roots were from. That's where it started. It started with me taking these long trips with my parents down south. And that's all they would play, play this classic R&B all down there from Sam Cooke to any and everything, James Brown, everything. Just play all of that, Marvin Gaye, all of those guys, you know, Sly Stone, uh, this, all of it, OJ. They would just play all of that music, you know, for 12 hours straight, and you, I would just hear it and hear it. And it's the same thing even now, how when we think about these kids now, because it has, like you said, flipped. Now these kids are growing up on hip-hop like that. So even our younger ones, and then I, when, I look at, when you look at younger kids and you say, well, Dad, like, how did a young kid know hip-hop array? It's because the parents are playing it and the kids are hearing it. So they're going to grow up and hear it. It's the same thing how we grew up on that R&B. Okay. And, and, Kay, you, earlier you mentioned wanting to be a part of this, this movement of R&B where it's, you know, kind of coming back. And you mentioned your, your artist, Leah Janaya. We're excited, you know, to have featured her on the site and kind of watched as it played out as she's kind of 
been making her mark in the industry. What can you tell us about that, about her, and, and how you're kind of working with her? Yeah, we're making strides with her. Right now, we just put out a, um, a Leah Meets Gene, I mean, Leah Meets Nina project. It's an EP where what I did was just take a whole bunch of Nina Simone samples and I infused um, Leah Janae along with Nina on the song, mm-hmm. and we made some new songs. So we originally were going to do it as a mixtape, but then once Leah got thrusted into into the limelight from the floor, I mean from the floor, we just figured, all right, well, let's try to make something official with it and put it on the platform, and then we'll go back and make her album. So that's what we did. We put that EP out. It's out, doing very well right now. And actually, we're shooting her video this Tuesday, a second video. We got our oh, next cool. single coming called Gold Ring. So we're shooting that video, and then we'll be shooting a third video off the project. So we'll be doing three videos off this project, and we've already started on her first uh, official first album already, which is going to be incredible. And she's out of Newark. She's right out of Newark. She's right out of the hometown, right up under my nose. And mm-hmm. she's been, been right up under my nose for years because actually her father was one of the rappers that, that I was working with back in my Devon Mill days. He's always been around. And he's been one of the guys that's been within the crew. So for years, he's been telling me about, yo, you got to see my daughter, you got to see my daughter. And I was like, okay, 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 okay. Let me see it. And I just was watching it from afar. And as I saw it developing more and more and more, one day I called him and said, you know what? His name is Les Guns. I said, Les, I think she's ready. I'm ready. Let's do it. Mm. So we went in and started working on it. And we're still, like I said, we're working on it. We're still grinding. She's still new. She's only 18 years old. Mm. And we're, build, we're building her up. But she's, in, she's really great. She's incredible. She knows she... She has a, a hip-hop rap background because her father's a rapper. So she started out rapping first. And a lot of people hear her rapping and be like, well, why are you rapping? And you're so dope as a singer. And that's why, because that's her background. That's where she comes from. So expect to hear a lot of rapping from her, too, as well, because it's in her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's definitely in her. It's in her, and you can't get it out of her. And that's the same thing, like, a lot of people we talk about, even with Latifah. they like, well, Latifah's out there doing all those movies. Why? You know, why she still want to do music and why she she never stops recording. She stays in the studio. Talking about Queen Latifah. Because this right. hip-hop game, it's in, it's in her. And that's what she, she loves. That's what she does. Right. Now, KG, I got to ask because, man, Ed, and I, I think you can attest to this. On social media, we see two sides of things. We see artists who rant about their current situation with their labels. And then you see a lot of you know, people on Instagram who are very knowledgeable, who know the game, or maybe think they know the game, but, and what's that balance? Like, when you read these comments, especially these rants, what are you taking away from it, from these artists? Um, some, oh, okay, that, go ahead. I thought you were asking me that. Okay. Well, um, I, I definitely want to hear you um, weigh in on that, but I feel like sometimes we got to understand from an artist's point of view, especially some of our veterans who kind of been out spotlight, trying to get back in the spotlight, trying to find their voice. It kind of, it can be kind of frustrating for real to like kind of find your way in this, in this genre that's shifting. Like KG was talking about, it just seemed like we woke up one day and hip hop is like running the show where R and B was doing its thing. And then just overnight there was a switch. So we've got artists kind of trying to get their groove back. 
And I think sometimes it comes out as rants or frustration. Sometimes I kind of give it the, you know, benefit of the doubt. KG, what do you think about that as far as this tone with our artists is trying to get themselves out there, trying to uh, kind of navigate social media where things can kind of get yeah. taken out of hand anyway, and then just trying to find their voice? That, it's, it's definitely, like, you, you hit it right on the head. They're definitely trying to find their voice. They're trying to be heard. And I think they're using that platform as their, their medium to be heard directly to the fans. And that's what – but I think that needs to be applied even more. because. And I say that to say, you know, just like you're using your voice to talk directly to your fans on your social media, you can use that as a platform of your music as well because now is the time for that. To be honest, everything's so digital. It's it's hard, but then again, it's not hard. It's because, and I, and I say that to say that it's hard when you're talking about trying to really elevate it all the way fully fully up against a major to the to the maximum. But as far as you being able to find a platform to get your music directly to your fans, especially if you have a fan base, it's it's now is the time to be to do that stuff. Because everything's so digital, and you can easily get digital distribution and get your records on these platforms, especially when you have a fan base. And that's the thing me and Jaheim was talking about yesterday because he's one of the ones. <laughs> he's one of those artists that's always up there ranting and mad about his, current, about his situation. And I said, Ja, I hear you, but this is how you can fix it. Mm. This is how you can fix it. You know, you don't have to, you know, I, I understand the frustration, and yes. And and, and it's, the bottom line is, is that, like, a lot of people look at other people, and I tell these artists that, even the new artists, I say, listen, the grass isn't always green on the other side. Some stuff may appear from social media, or people will look on social media and might be, you might see them driving a car or, or whatever, but you don't know if that person ain't, barely making payments, or that car might get repoed if he get pulled over. You just don't know. Mm. So everything ain't always as, you know, as, as gravy as it appears to be. I said, but, you know, you just have to live within your meat. I remember a while ago, Tom Silverman from um, Tommy Boy had gave me an article called A Thousand and One Fans. And I had that thing sitting on my nightstand right next to me. You just need a thousand and one fans, and you can make a lot of money. But you mm. need a thousand and one fans, yep. You need a thousand and one fans that's super fans that's gonna totally support you. Come to your show every time you, you have a, a concert, every time you put a sweatshirt out and or t shirt out or a hat out or album out, that they go and buy it. And all you need is a thousand and one fans across the board to support you on all of those different things and you can make money. Now, on top of that, you have to also be smart. That's the extra part and the biggest component of it all. You can't live out of your means. You can't go and call yourself living in a million-dollar house, but you can make, you know, a good amount of money by doing that. Mm. Man, it's education. I hope you all paying that attention. That is education. I love, I love that my man also pointed out that, we live in this world where social media, like you see people stunting on Instagram and you think everybody's a millionaire. You don't know yeah. what's going on with that phone turn off, y'all. So don't get caught yeah. up in the hype. Exactly. Exactly. Because it's not it's it's not all that great, man. I mean, we all know it. We we see it. 
you know, yeah. it's not all that great. A lot of that stuff is fluff, man. Like, they're showing it and they're stunting, like, seriously, because that's what people want to see. But those, a lot of those guys, and it's not their fault, you know, but the reality is, is they're, they're some people behind the scenes, uh, most people behind the scenes are living better than them. Mm. Most people. Yeah. Somebody with a nine to five might be living better than them. Because if you're making a thousand dollars a week working a nine to five and, you, and your overhead is only two hundred dollars, you are you out of the red. You're in the green eight hundred dollars. You know that, <laughs> right? Damn. So KG, so, and I appreciate all the information because I mean we're we're not in the industry, but we're looking into the industry as mm-hmm. journal journalists, as bloggers, as you know, just uh, as part of the media. So, do you think that is the industry really as bad as people make it out to be, or is there just a lack of information? I think there's a lack of information, or both. You know, you have good and bad at anything you do. And to be honest with you, everybody, there is, you're never really going to run across any artist that has 100% love for their record company that they, you know, they're signed to, because there's always going to be friction, no matter what even in your job force or whatever it is, you always, you know, everything ain't always going to be 100% great for you. But this industry as a whole is great. It's been great to me. Anybody that's in it has most likely been great to any of all of us, you know, especially, like, what can, how can you beat it, you know, doing something you love to do and make money and do it every day? Like, what can be better than that? So this industry definitely is great, but it is a business. It's totally a business. It ain't nothing to be playing around with. It ain't nothing. It, it, it's, it's a 24-hour job. You're either in it or you're in the way. And if you want to call yourself being a big dog or really, really being successful in it, you got to put the work in it. You got to put the time in it. And, and you got to be humble. You got to be grateful. And you got to trust people to, to work along with you because you can't do it by yourself. Mm. Mm. And then, KG, one, one, one last thing. One more, one more thing I wanted to say, too, because mm-hmm. one thing you can do, and I, one thing I try to preach to these new artists, and I try to preach to all of them, is just like, because you, you run into this all the time with an artist. It's just when it's, and Shock Him from Flavor Unit has always told, told me that. He's just like, hey, this whole thing of management and this whole music business is a thankless job. Every time that something goes right, it's going to be the artist's fault. And they're going to feel like they made it right. As soon as it go wrong, it's going to be your fault. But when everything right. goes right, it's their fault. I mean, it's, it's their fault when it goes right, and they're never going to tell you thank you. Right. That's a good point, yeah. too. Okay, let me just ask you one more thing. We're just about out of time. I'll just get your thoughts on one last thing. And uh, we talked in length about Jaheem and some of his social media rants and stuff like that. And Listen, this is not a diss to him. We, we know he's a bit, you know, rough around the edges, you know, with media and, and that type of thing. And he's just really an artist. He doesn't want to always be with the media and doing interviews. But, you know, we've been around him too, but we love him as an artist. You know, I think an underrated aspect of you as a label head is what you have to deal with behind the scenes because sometimes people think you just make music and put the album out. But there must be a whole lot going into managing all these personalities and managing these artists behind the scenes making sure they're doing what they need to be doing and keeping them in line. So can you talk about that aspect of it? 
Definitely, man. It's almost like your parents or all of them. Those are your kids. Even the records are your kids. And that's why, you know, you can't help but take it personal. Back to Shaquem, you know, from Flavian, he'd be like always like, hey, man, why you take this stuff so personal? I'm like, Shaq, because I'm not just a manager. You're a manager. I'm a producer, man. These records and this stuff that I'm, I'm investing in this, man, I'm heavily investing in it. And those records are my kids. When they fell, that's your kid selling, man. That's why mm. it's personal, man. You know, so I go further. And that's why even when you have some people that are producers and they're great producers, but they can't develop artists because there's a different mindset you have to have. It's easy. It's, it's, I'm not going to say it's easy, but it's easier to take a beat and put it on a platinum established artist when you don't have to deal with that artist and you just give them a great beat. And that, a great artist does a great song, will be a great beat, and together y'all made a great song. But it's different to take somebody like a Jaheim, you know, rough and raw around every edge from the streets and develop him into a superstar. It's just hard. Mm. It's different. And everybody can't do that. Everybody can't take Leah from some 16 years old and develop her. Everybody couldn't take and find two different people like a Coffee Brown and put it together and come up with a vision and develop it. Everybody couldn't take John A. from down at Temple and, 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 and develop that and put it together. They just couldn't right. do it. Everybody couldn't take and find next in Minneapolis that walked on the, on the tour bus and said, hey, man, you know, we got a demo. Um, what do you think of this? And and just really uh-huh. put and you know you have to take time. Even I mean go back to my original group with Naughty by Nature. Everybody just couldn't do that from ground ground zero. You know there's a few of us. There's a, there's a few of us in this industry that are good and are able to do that. And you don't necessarily have to be the best best producer because there's probably people that do better have done better production than than me as well as the ones like us that have developed groups. But there's just a different mind state you have to have that, and be able to draw the line and juggle between it, like you said, because there's a lot of babysitting. There's a lot of nurturing that goes along with that. There's a lot mm-hmm. of development. you got to know how to, you know, switch hats within all of that and maintain that and, and also have your artists and everybody trust you, respect you, and believe in you along the way and believe that you're guiding them in the right way. Well, mm. you, you make some great points, KG. Is there ever a, is there a story you could share with us of a time you've had to go above and beyond behind the scenes when one of your artists maybe fell out of line and you had to make sure you, you got them straight or made sure they, they did what they were supposed to be doing? No. Any not, time you can not, remember? Not nothing physical with nobody. I've never had to get nothing physical with any of them. But I've, <laughs> no, yelled, not, not at physical. All of them. I've yelled at all of them, every single one of them. I'm sure every one of them can tell you a story of how I am with them. Like, I, I've yelled at all of them and just really got stern and, and everything with all of them from, you know, from Dan and Jaheim from the studio and all types of different stuff, you know, because, oh, yeah, <laughs> it's wow. funny, but, you know, it's just, but, but I look at it and I say, you know what, that's a part of it that, that showed his hunger as well. That showed Jaheim's hunger, you know, because back then we used to take, Back then, it, it was Next, Coffee Brown. I had Nick Wicked there. I had Jaheim there. And then the producers. And we all, they, and they were all living. It was basically making the band before making the band. They all lived wow. in my back house. Yup, and the studio wow. was there. 
Wow. So every we would just make records all day, but it wouldn't be for nobody in particular. And every record that would be made, Jaheem always felt like the record should be his. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And I'll be like, no, Ja, this ain't your record. Like, we don't know what we're doing with this yet. Or I might say, no, this is Coffee Browns. Or no. And, and, and a perfect example is even um, Just In Case. Just In Case was originally a ballad. And one day, I'm, I'm not sure if I ever did share that with Tom yet, but I'm going to share it with him one day because I have the act original demo of just in case, as a ballad with Coffee Brown singing it. But that oh, was wow. originally a ballad. And every my point is that every record and every song we would make, Jaheim always felt like, yo, let me get that, let me get that. So one day, <laughs> one day he went in there and he took some of the records out of there. And I told him not to mess with the closet <laughs> with the records, so he took some, so I banned them from the studio. Oh, my so that's, goodness. That's what I was saying when I said I, banned, I had to ban them from the studio. But other than that, man, it was pretty cool. But they know why I, how I am. They know I'm stern. I'm just straight to the point with them. And it's all fun. But when we got to work, man, like, we, we know, they know that I'm serious. And just like, okay, okay, enough, enough. Let's get this done. We got to get this done. Let's get this done. Right. That's amazing, man. Thank you so much for sharing that. And, no, I haven't heard that version, so someday I'm going to. I'm going to take you up on that offer, man. <laughs> okay, definitely. Yeah, I have the original that and all that of that. I'm going to play that for you one day. I'm going awesome, to share it to the world one day. That's oh. dope. Yeah. K- KG, now, you you know, earlier we were talking about the social media rant, and it's, of course, it's a different time now. You're kind of allowed to do that. Back in the 90s and the 2000s, everyone was media trained. And, you know, you discovered all these artists like a Ajahim who's kind of rough around the edges. Do you have a story about media training him and breaking it down to him on why things have to be done the way they are in terms of speaking to the media? Well, I mean, not really. It's just that that was, like I said, like he was, he was just the most, most rawest out of all of the artists I've developed and worked with. He was the most rawest, and that's why it took so long. And then who was laughing about it yesterday and talking about it. And he was telling me, he was just like, man, I know now, but he just like tagged like for a while. I was just kind of like just mad because I took so long, you know, to come out. And we were laughing about it in the studio yesterday after me and him sat down and talked. And we were talking about a bunch of different stuff and all his different things and everything. And he was just like, yeah, man, I used to just be so mad because I was there before Next. I was there before a lot of those artists. And I seen them come in and just be pushed ahead of me, get a deal before me. And I just felt like I never was coming out. I never, and I kept, and he was just like, yo, man, like, I, I it got to, to some points where I felt like you ain't believe in me, Kay. And um, one of the um, other producers that was there, he was talking to, um, to them, and they was telling him, like, yeah, remember when we was in Brooklyn and this, this, and that, and I was just telling you. And, and I, they were talking about stuff that I never even knew about. And it was like, yeah, man, because I was telling you, yo, listen, man, Kay ain't going to do you wrong. If you if Kay taking you this far, he believe in you, you got to just trust it, just trust it, just trust it. And he was like, yeah, I'm glad I did, man, you know, but I was frustrated back then. It was like, yeah, you were, you know, because I remember those talks and those nights, the long nights. And they were from Brooklyn. They was like, Jai used to come out on the train to Brooklyn and all that to them, and I didn't even know that until last night. But, yeah, he was rough around the edges, man, and it's, it just it took a minute, you know, a lot of media stuff and a lot of different things to really work with him. And some artists are like that, man. Right. Some are like that. But 
I can tell you one thing that that when he opened his voice, when he opened his mouth, man, that voice and that talent, that 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 right there is, is unheard of. Yeah, that's one thing, and that was always my thing with him. Even when I, you know, ran across him and I discovered him back then, it was just like, wow, like he, this guy cannot be no eighteen years old sounding like that. No way. <laughs> Amazing, man. Okay. We're out of time. We want to just thank you so much once again, sharing so much insight with us, being being a great guest. And, man, thanks for everything over the years, KG, for supporting us and, and being a friend to me. Man, we really appreciate it. All right, and that was KG from Naughty by Nature on the podcast. Shout-outs to KG. Man, KG, like, dropped some knowledge. He got some insight and some great Jaheim stories. I love this podcast. I'm just tripping that just in case was a coffee brown ballad originally. That's crazy to even imagine. Man, if we, I would love him to pass that along so we can post that. People ask to this day, as we were talking about earlier, so much about coffee brown. They've become such an anomaly in R&B. So it'd be cool to hear their take on that song. Yeah, and just in case is an amazing record. So can't wait to hear that one. Uh, But guys, let's get into the player, please, if we can. Oh, boy. Ed's favorite part of the week. No, you know it. <laughs> um, so I was scrolling through my social media yesterday, and it looks like Nas dropped a country song. Oh, my gosh. Are we going to really go there? <laughs> We're going there. <laughs> I think it's Nas's son, Little Nas, right? It is not Nas's <laughs> son. I have been oh. fired up about this song for the past 24 hours because... I mean, and someone will, will gladly correct me if I'm wrong. Apparently, the drama with this is that this, first of all, this guy can't even pick a good rap name. Lil Nas X. I, I, is my name going to be Lil Notorious B.I.G. Rakim? Like, stop stealing <laughs> other names. So, this guy has this little song that's the equivalent of a trap version of a nursery rhyme. And he hasn't been able to get it on the country charts because the country charts are like, hey, this isn't a country song. This is a rap song. And they're right. But before we get there, then he adds Billy Ray Cyrus on it. And the Internet is acting like it's the greatest song ever. They're just hyped because it gives them some memes and hashtags to talk about. Nobody thinks this song is actually good who has a brain. But the thing that's been hilarious to me is that you've got all these people whose knowledge of country music is basically them listening to four tough commercials during commercials while <laughs> watching football, trying to talk about wow. what is and is not a country song. Player, that isn't a country song. It's a rap song with a country beat. You might as well say that Bubba Sparks has been releasing country songs since 2000. Like, that's oh. not what a country song is. So if you don't know the genre, stay in your lane. You can like your little... The nursery rhyme stuff. That's fine. But don't comment on stuff you don't know anything about. I'm hot. Wow, Ed. Tom. You know, Ed, in my opinion, you're a country... You are a country journalist, Ed, in my opinion. A country journalist? (laughs) What does that even mean? Wow. (laughs) Some southern lingo, I don't know. (laughs) Well, two points I want to make here. Because that little Nas X song is... Apparently, it was the first... Uh, creation of trap country music, but that is actually incorrect. Which is a lie. Justin, Justin Timberlake did Supplies like a year ago, and it flopped horribly, so I guess Justin Timberlake was ahead of his time. Um, but secondly, and most importantly, Tom, 
since Ed mentioned Bubba Sparks, Deliverance, now that is a classic record. That album, and this is no joke, like, that album is one of the most underrated albums of the past 20-so years. Like, that is it. If it's not five stars, it's close to it. That album is tremendous. Wow. Some of Timberland's best work as well, production-wise. Tom, can you confirm this? Do you think I listen to Bubba Sparks music? Come on, man. What are you talking right. for here? Jeez. No, he's too busy listening to Philly's Most Wanted and Benzino and them. He ain't got time for Bubba Sparks. Listen, I was listening to Shanta albums the other night. I got so hyped she was on that remix. Listening to Shanta <laughs> albums. Shanta has wow. two remixes. That's an album. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> All right, uh, the next play please. Now, I made a controversial post on Twitter, and I made the statement that Brandy's Human Better is better than that 211 album, and it pissed everyone off, or it pissed like half of the people off. And um, through that whole debate, someone wrote, Brandy doesn't have any worst albums. Tom, when we're talking oh about ranking, <laughs> isn't there always a best, and isn't there always a worst? That's how it works, right? That was one of the dumbest comments I've ever read. I've actually read a whole bunch of dumb comments this week. I'm sorry, I'm not calling anyone out by name. But saying an artist doesn't have a worst album, what does that even mean? Ed, I'd like you to chime in, please. Well, it means that, that standing has gotten so blinding and ridiculous that what? now an artist, everything they do is the best thing ever. There is no such thing as bad. That's how standing needs to be. Someone needs to do a scientific study on the brain of a stand because their mind is so warped that concepts like one and two don't even work. Like there's no one and two. Everything is one because we don't want to defile the name of Brandy. Come on now. And to the debate, it's been so long since I've listened to Human in 211. I can't remember which one is worse. But those two are obviously at the bottom of the rung. Come on, you can like an artist and say that some of their stuff isn't the best. I love Keith Sweat, but that Eeny Meeny Miny Mo song is the worst song I have heard in the past year. I can say that, and I can still be a Keith fan. It's fine. Breathe. Breathe. I didn't turn into dust like Thanos. It's cool. <laughs> wow. And I think it's important to note that uh, the worst doesn't mean it's a horrible song. It's just right. you have to rank it. If you're Let's writing it, something has to go at the bottom. I Let's be honest, I though. It's it was tricky when you said that, Kyle, because it was it, worst has a bad connotation. Like, oh, something must that means it's bad. Like people aren't smart enough to realize in a ranking something has to be the worst. Well, rephrase that. It's not people. It's stands aren't smart <laughs> enough to realize. We just talked yeah. about Tamia and how Tamia's most recent album, I think, is probably her worst. That doesn't oh mean it's my god, bad. you said worst. Ah! Oh, Tamiya, you are... Oh, that Tamiya stands are gonna rip my heart out and eat it live on Instagram stories. But, like, whatever. Like, I still love Tamiya, but I can say that was probably her worst effort. It's not bad. It's just everything can't be number one. And oh my, that why was are we having her, this conversation? That was her least best album. <laughs> That was her least that was best. Her worst, That's... worst favorite album. <laughs> you can't use those negative words like worst, guys. Uh, oh, oh my gosh. Well, I'll tell you what is factual. going to give me a stroke one day. 
I'll tell you what is factual, guys. I uh, after seven years, I revisited that, uh, or I don't know. I just I, I just happened to listen to that 211 album again. It's been out for two uh, seven years now, and it kind of just dawned on me that uh, I don't really love this album like I thought I did. Crazy how when you look at things through an objective lens, it's uh, it's a little different. Objectivity is so funny. So that's there how you I go. live my life. Um, I want to. On our last player, please. I mean, first and foremost, let's shout out to Nipsey Hussle. Rest in peace. Um, and I don't know if you want to chime in on that because I know you liked Nipsey. Yeah, I was going to wait until later on, but we can take a couple seconds now. And I won't be too long. But I do want to shout out um, Nipsey Hussle. There have been, as always, when these kind of tragedies happen in our community, there are times where all of a sudden you get a lot of bandwagon fans and then you got a lot of weird conspiracy theories about he was killed by the government and blah 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 like they killed left eye whatever the fact of the matter is um if you're a fan of soul and stereo you probably know that we've been a nipsey fan for a long time his most recent album made our best albums of 2018 and he was a phenomenal artist from the west coast who had a great sound that sounded like throwback at least for me kind of that throwback not early 90s west coast sound mixed with today he was very good at what he did and more importantly he was also a great philanthropist and he gave back a lot to his community so his death was very tragic very tough um i wrote a tribute on soulandstereo.com you can check that out so shout out to him shout out to lauren london of course who was probably going through some very trying times and his family as they're trying to kind of recoup from this so for all the fans out there, just kind of remember while you're arguing on Twitter with people you don't know and throwing conspiracy theories and being ridiculous and standing over songs that you just heard for the first time. These are real people with real families trying to rebuild off of a very tragic situation. So as music fans, let's support. Let's show the family some love. And for at least for five seconds, let's keep the Twitter wars down. <laughs> now... Ed, Tom is a Wikipedia and Google master, and he got deep into the Googles and started looking at conspiracy theories around this death. Does he get a play of please for this? Because uh, it, it seemed pretty convincing. I was convinced once Tom told me. Um, Tom gets a lifetime play of please, but <laughs> no. I think it's been confirmed that there were no conspiracy theories in play. I know a lot of people think and have ideas about stuff and tying it to left eyes passing and a lot of ridiculous things. Think what you want, but at the end of the day, I would just like people to stop arguing with each other and start supporting their community because a lot of this division is what caused this happen in the first place. So y'all just support good hip-hop, not trash, good hip-hop, and support artists who are out here trying to do their own thing as businessmen and women. Wow. Yep. I mean, the only thing I'll add is um, support artists while they're here and celebrate them while they're here. I, I'm just so tired of losing artists. And then all of a sudden we realize, wow, they were so great. Why don't we, we always make an effort to celebrate them. I wish everyone would follow the same examples. Real talk. I've been frustrated as a fan about that in the past couple of days where, of course, Nipsey's last album, people were screaming, it's a classic now. And it might play You listened to it for the first time yesterday. I have the physical CD for the past year. Came out like last February. You're late. But mm. celebrate artists while they hear, while they can hear it. They can't hear it now. So it's 
especially an artist like Nipsey, who was doing great things in this community, has his own masters, has his own stuff, really did the industry the right way, came from a rough upbringing, but went on to make a name for himself and to change his community. Support R&B, support hip-hop, support people who are doing it right. Don't wait until they're gone to talk about how great they are. Right. Now, I guess that's it for this week, but Tom, what's going on with You Know I Got So? I know you've been blowing up the social media world. We're getting a lot of engagement. What are you posting on social media that's that's doing this? A lot of interesting topics we're posting out there. Uh, comparing artists' voices, comparing albums, better dancers. Um, we're even going to put up some stuff like who you want to take out on a date. Man, we're going to go deep. <laughs> we're getting some good wow. traction here, guys. Yeah, we're doing some good... Some, it's interesting... A lot of knowledgeable R&B fans out there, believe it or not. So, um, I shouldn't say believe it or not, but some of what you see, we only see people making dumb comments these days. But, man, there's people out there who know their music, especially those who are following us. So, much respect to them. Nice. Ed, before I uh, ask you what's going on with someone's stereo, you have to answer this, this, this question correctly or you don't get to plug your own stuff. Uh, who okay. would you rather go out, go out on a date with? Deborah Cox, circa 1995, or Ashanti, circa 2003? Oh, my gosh. That is... Why would you ask such a difficult question? Um, If we're doing (laughs) 95 Deborah, though, like, Deborah from, like, 95 to about 99 is undefeated. So I kind of got to do that. Now, if you ask Ashanti 2018, then I might have to switch my answer. But got to go with Deborah on that one. My original baby mom's. There you have it. Okay, you passed the test. What's going on with SoInStereo.com? Um, I think I already talked a little bit earlier about Nipsey. Check out SoInStereo for a nice little tribute to my boy there. Got a new edition of the Love Letters up. And in the next, in the coming weeks, we have some good albums dropping. So I've been out of town for the past week or so. I missed some of the new releases, so I wasn't able to get some reviews in. But we got some new albums from Anderson and a few others dropping soon so check out Soul and Stereo for my thoughts on some new music coming this April nice and guys that seems to be it for this week's podcast what I'm gonna do there's two things I'm gonna do first I'm gonna listen to Miguel's new Spanish EP I forgot to mention it earlier uh, and get my Spanish on so we'll do an R&B trivia next week in Spanish and uh, I'm also going to, because of Ed's recommendation, Tom and I are going to listen to Uncle Sam because it's apparently the whiniest music of all time. Ed, you love Uncle Sam, don't you? Oh, my gosh. I, I know that many people listening to this podcast are going to go crazy. You know how you know what to do. Follow me on E.T. Bowser on Twitter. Get your yellow on there. But that never want to see you again. I never want to hear that song again. Oh, my gosh. It's so whiny. Damn. And Tom, because we know our boy DJ Soulchild so well, what do you think he will say when we mention Uncle Sam, Tom? <laughs> legend. Bonafide <laughs> legend. <laughs> and there you have it. All right, guys, I think that's it for this week. Shoutouts to KG for joining us on the podcast. Thank you to you two for putting up with me on a weekly basis. And guys, thank you all for listening. So we'll see you all next week. We out. <laughs>